In this podcast, you will meet Tatiana Chamorro, a young successful Latina who came to this country from Nicaragua as a student, wife, and mother. Tatiana's family thought she was taking on more than she could handle and would not last two months in the United States. Facing a plethora of obstacles and setbacks, Tatiana was determined to succeed. For her, failure was not an option. Tatiana completed her undergraduate degree in liberal studies at Texas A&M University Commerce with a GPA of 4.0. Not to be outdone by her husband, who earned his master's, Tatiana continued her education. In 2020, she received a Master of Science degree in marketing while maintaining her 4.0 GPA. In 2021, Tatiana was named Young Entrepreneur of the Year by the American Advertising Federation of Dallas. Today, less than nine years from her arrival to this country, this entrepreneur is now owner-partner of a Dallas-based digital marketing startup that is already earning six figures a year in growing. And this is just the beginning of her story. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome, folks. My name is J.R. Gonzalez. I'm your host, and this is the Latino Business Report. Today, we have a very special guest, a young lady out of Dallas, Texas, Tatiana Chamorro. Tatiana, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Now, Tatiana, you're in Dallas, but where are you from originally? I am originally from Nicaragua. So were you born in Nicaragua? No, I was born in Costa Rica. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, you got me confused. So did your parents have you long distance or what? I mean, how does that work? No, we actually had um, a lot of political unrest. And so my parents left to Costa Rica and that's when I was born and why I was born there. Ah, okay. Now that makes a little sense. And you've been in the U.S. for how long? Uh, Nine years. Only nine years? Only nine years. Wow. So you were raised in in Costa Rica? Nicaragua. I was Nicaragua. Okay, so you went back. (laughs) Okay, I got it. Well, one of the things looking over your resume very quickly, and I'm very excited to have you on this on this podcast, uh, Tatiana, is that you were actually uh, awarded by the uh, Advertising Federation of Dallas, the Young Professional of the Year for 2021. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Now, how in the world did a young girl from Nicaragua, who's only been in the States for nine years, actually get such a prestigious award? And can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I came to the U.S. with my husband almost nine years ago, and we came because he was going to do his master's. Once he completed his master's, we ended up staying and I did my master's. And just after I finished my master's, um, we then decided that I was going to own my agency. And I started to grow through my agency quite quickly um, and creating a lot of impact and, and growth internally in our team members. And that's how I was able to apply to the award. So you both of you came for your education. Was Were you planning on staying or did you think you were going to be going back at one point? That's a great question. We love our country. We love the U.S. as well. We consider this our country as well now. We now feel very Texan. Uh, but when we came, we were planning to just come for the, you know, my husband's master's program. Okay. So you all feel pretty Texan now? 
We do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how my children speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so you got your master's in, in what, well, what'd you get your undergraduate degree in? Uh, I did an undergraduate degree in liberal studies with a concentration in um, visual communication. Okay. And then your master's? My master's in marketing. In marketing. Okay. And so I like what you, I like the way you put that. I decided to own my own company. So you just decided I'm going to own my own company once you got your master's degree. So how did, how did that come about? And can you tell us a little bit about the company that you're do, working in now? Yeah, absolutely. I think I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So that was always something in the back of my mind. And when I say I decided to own my company, I mean, I decided to make that jump there. I think as entrepreneurs or people who are wanting to own their own business, a lot of times we're scared as to like when to make that transition. Um, that was the moment I decided I was ready for that transition. Now, previous to that, because I knew I wanted to be a business owner, I had been planning and kind of like setting the soil, right, for when mm -hmm. I was ready to make that jump. Um, the reason I started my franchise with Height was they were my partner before where they were helping me fulfill digital marketing. Um, my partner, JC Height, he lives in Nicaragua. Um, and we have a big percentage of our, of our headquarters there, right? So there was a big impact that we were creating in both the business owners we were service, servicing here in the U.S. and growing that, um, and also the impact we were creating in the people that was supporting us. So Height Digital is based in Nicaragua. I mean, that's where home office is when you have franchises throughout the United States. Our headquarters, yes. Oh, okay. So I would only assume that the majority of your staff is uh, Latino? Yeah. And Latinas. I mean, I'm not I'm not being gender biased here, but actually, since you mentioned that um, about let me see, about 60 percent of our managers at height are female. So no, no wonder you're successful. You get things done. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you you come to you come to the U.S., you've come to your education, you get your master's and you decide you want you have that entrepreneurial spirit, which I applaud you and commend you on. And then I mean, come on. You're a student. You're probably having a difficult time. So you started a company. And why did you pick this particular company or this particular space to get involved in? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I had done my master's in marketing, right? So I knew that this was a niche that I already um, kind of explored. I also have my background in visual communications. Uh, so I started to create this offering where I was supporting. I noticed the discrepancy in both fields, whether it was visual communications when we were creating in higher ed here in the U.S., professionals that are very much aware about graphic design, but maybe not so much about digital marketing strategies. And then when I did my master's in marketing, I realized that we were creating professionals that were all aligned in like strategy, but maybe not so much on the graphic design side. And I think today having the online presence that businesses need to have, there needs to be a balance between understanding how to attract clients, but also those strategies that are being implemented and making sure that it makes sense to your business model, right? Um, so that's really where my business idea came to be and how I started my own business. Um, I saw a lot of input and impact that we can create to business owners that are wanting to, let's say, you know, grow their own business. How do we get people to know about them in the right way? And then are we actually quantifying the efforts that digital marketing is doing? Right. Okay. So you have this education, you have this background, you looked at the space and said, this is what I want to jump into. So I, I have to ask, did you have a did you have some sort of financial involvement? Did you put some money down? How, how did how did you start 
a franchise. I'm sure there's a lot of people wondering, how did this young woman who just graduated all of a sudden jump in feet first and start owning a business? Yeah, great question. Um, In digital marketing, so the first thing I did, I started the business with my own brand. So I did that for six months. Um, And during those six months, we were able to scale to um, a little bit over six figures, right? Uh, We were going to be closing the first year at over six figures. And so one of the first things that we were doing was saving up everything that we were, you know, generating, uh, reinvesting. Now, now let me interrupt. Tatiana, when you say you started your own brand, your own business, what type of business was it? It was was digital marketing. Digital marketing. Okay. And what was the name of that company? Hivemark. Hivemark. Okay. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Just wanted to clarify. Go ahead. No, you're good. And so we started, you know, this business and we were partnering with Hyde, which back then they were doing white label. So for anyone that doesn't know what what label does is that you are essentially hiring a fulfillment company to fulfill certain aspects in, in my case, digital marketing that I didn't have the capacity. So let's say running Facebook ads through them. Right. Um, and then I was doing the other services myself and my team. Uh, so we were doing that for the first six months. That's how we were able to begin scaling. And once we scaled, and, and I think, are just to be honest here, I think this is like God just planting things in our way as we're growing um, and taking these opportunities because the second that I had enough saved, the franchise opportunity opened, Right. So I was actually the first female to open the friend to open to own a franchise. And a big part of that was it was just like perfect timing. Right. So we had saved enough to amount for that investment. And I I think that that's important because a lot of times we're scared to invest. Like, you know, at that moment, that was a big risk that I was taking, reinvesting everything we had done in the last six months. That is amazing. I think you picked a very, <laughs> a very uh, good company to get involved in, at least the, the area of digital marketing. Doing a little bit of research before this before this podcast, I realized that in the United States alone, over $140 billion were spent in digital market in the U.S. And it's projected to exceed over $200 billion in the next 20 years or so. I mean, that's huge. That, yeah. that is huge. So, as more and more advertisers starting to switch from conventional advertising as newspapers and billboards and television, a lot of them are going to digital marketing, correct? That's right. And I think the biggest value at there is that a lot of times and traditionally, right, we look at the newspaper, you advertise in the newspaper, you know, your ad is coming out, but you can't really track if that actually increased your sales. You can correlate it if sales were increased during the time your advertising was shown, you can't really track it. You can't quantify it directly. You can't track it. You can't tell who's reading it, the age group, you know, just the demographics and a lot of the analytics are not there in traditional advertising. That's what you're saying. Correct. That I, yeah. that I recognize. And I, I do some, my own digital marketing for myself every now and then, and it is a huge help, but I know I am not good at it. I mean, I just, I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, I still own a MySpace account, so I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really not tech savvy. As I looked at your your website, Tatiana, I noticed that you guys do, you know, um, you do your logos, you do uh, web design, uh, you do different types of brandings, but I also have something called called SEO. What, what's a S, S, what, SEO? What is that? Yep. SEO is search engine optimization. SEO is basically an organic way in which your website can start ranking on Google. So one of the things that I often get asked is if I design a website, why is my website not showing on Google? 
And that's because those are two different services. Having a website doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be showing up in the first page of Google. There's work that needs to be done. And that service is called SEO. Okay. So if somebody were out there listening that's in business and they want to increase their position on Google or try to get more eyes on their website or their product, would this be a method that they can do is to optimize their, their SEO? Yeah. So there's two ways in which you can appear in Google, right? Um, the SEO, right, which is organically, and then through paid ads, which is Google ads or PPC. The paid ads is something where you'll appear, but then you'll stop appearing once you stop paying for the ads. With SEO, you're really building a long life asset, which is your website. So think about it similar to like real estate. This is like your digital real estate. Uh, okay. So back in back when I was younger, everybody had to have a business card. And now you have to have, well, business cards aren't even that important. You just bump your phones and get the information. But definitely would you uh, say that a website was pretty much essential or some sort of landing page for anybody who's in business nowadays? Absolutely. And I would say that even more so over, for example, having a Facebook page for your business, because at the end of the day, the Facebook page is owned by Facebook, right? So if Facebook stops existing or they change anything in their algorithms or anything like that, all the effort that you have there will disappear as opposed to the website that you own. Now, that's a good point, Tatiana, in that I I bump into a lot of small businesses that go, well, JR, you know what? Um, we don't have a we don't have a website, but we have a Facebook page. Here's our Facebook page. And then they get mad at me because I don't see the sales or things that they're doing. I go, what? I don't go to your Facebook every day. I am sorry. I like you. You're a friend of mine, but I have a life. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't go to your Facebook. So with that, and that's a good point. So that site is actually owned by Facebook. And if they decide one day or if they kick you off, if, you, if something is said on your plate and they cook you off or suspend you, you're just kind of out of luck. Right. And with a website, the advantage of having a website, you control that. You control it. You're building your own digital asset. You're building on your authenticity online. You're building on your perceived value. Now, in the and the good points, good points, Satiana. Now, there's something that I know that exists out there. I'm not quite sure how it works, but when you're talking about paying for clicks, uh, can you explain that to me a little bit? Yeah. Um, so paying for clicks would be more on the PPC approach. One of, one of the things that I love to share with anyone that I meet with, right? Um, it is going to be extremely important that when you're making the decision to go into digital marketing or hire a digital marketing agency, that they do the due diligence because the way that you get two different types of cost in a digital marketing strategy. The first one is what you pay the digital marketing agency to manage your ads. And the second one is what you're paying the platform where you're advertising, right? The budget for the platform where you advertise is something the digital marketing agency should suggest to you. And that is going to be based on an industry um, standard, depending on what type of industry you're advertising in, right? So a lot of times marketing agencies will say, if the client tells them, well, I only have $400 that I want to use for my ad budget, They'll say, yeah, we'll make it work and we'll find whatever we can. That's like throwing your money away because you need to be competitive within the landscape or you're never going to be showing up. And if we don't know their rate, they may be keeping 350 of that 400 for their services and only spending 50. Most of the time that charge needs to happen through your account. So make sure that you're not paying the agency directly for that. Make sure that you're in ownership of the platform. For example, your Google ad account. Good point. 
Good point. Now, as we look at this, Tatiana, what advantages do people have in using digital marketing over other conventional means? And is it something that I know you anticipate is going to be here for to stay and the numbers show that it's increasing and increasing, but why is it an advantage to use digital marketing for your service or product? Yeah, I think um, apart from the obvious advantage of increasing um, your sales, right? There's also the advantage of increasing your brand authority. So you're building this brand authority online, um, which would traditionally be done through like traditional mark, you know, forms of advertising like a newspaper or anything like that. But now you can actually make sure that those are giving you a return on investment. So one of the beautiful things we we personally do is that there's a dashboard that we provide access to all of our clients where you can see each person that is coming from different avenues. So if it's coming from Google ads, we'll be able to see we have their information so we can actually track it. And then it becomes a conversation of, hey, you know, John came from this ad. Did he get a quote? And so the client will tell us, yeah, we quoted him for $3,000 for a roofing project or, you know, whatever it is. So we'll be able to track that. And then if it becomes a sale, now it's part partly tied to the sales and the ROI of the company, right? Mm-hmm. So now digital marketing becomes a conversation around opportunities for the growth in the business. Got it. And it seems like more and more people um, are using social media platforms and ads are out there everywhere. What I don't get is I think my computer is actually spying on me or something because <laughs> I'll, I'll go to an ad. Let's say I go to an ad. I saw this really cool knife the other day that they're selling online. So I click on and look around. I'm not interested. Boom. But then everywhere I go, I see that nice same knife ad keeps popping up and popping up and popping up. How does that work? How, how do they do that? Yeah. So one of the most important aspects of digital marketing is ensuring that you have the enabled the tracking capabilities that you need in order to do that. Right. So what that does is that since you went into the website, we are now tracking users that are coming into the website that already saw certain certain ads. Right. Um, That's one of the most successful forms of advertising because you already showed interest in a product. What's more important than that, because when you hire a marketing agency, they're the ones implementing those strategies. As a business owner, what's important is for you to be aware and make sure that your marketing agency is on top of those items. Right. So just making sure that the tracking is enabled the way it should be enabled. So tracking is definitely an advantage. So it kind of gets who's looking and then just reminds that person. Constantly. Okay. Now then, how about what had, I mean, if there's an app for this, I think it'd be great. Once I buy a product, I I went online and I bought some product over the holidays, but I still get the ads. I go, I already bought it. I don't need it again. But how do, there again, it's that mechanism that just says, this is a potential buyer. So we're just going to keep sending them stuff until, does it ever stop? It should if you're working with the right team. (laughs) (laughs) Good good point. Good point. Tatiana, tell me a little bit about your business there. I mean, how many employees do you have over there up in Dallas right now? Up in Dallas, we are right now diversifying and we are about to open our headquarters of Height in Dallas. In total, overall, we have about 160 employees at Height. Um, I also co-founded the high creative branch with, with my partner. And in there we have 20 employees that are overseeing all of the design aspects. Nice. Now that's what I think you're shrewd about you. And I'm glad you kind of took that. It was trying to transition to that. So height digital, you are a, a owner of high digital franchise, 
but you also own your own, which is you're a co-owner of Height Creative. And so you're actually a, what, like a vendor to Height Digital? Well, so it began more of um, me having my background in design. I came to my partner, JC, and I said, JC, let me show you what I've been working on in my business and how I have been able to scale. And the bigger aspect is that we're seeing a lot of marketing campaigns that were starting in, you know, SEO or Google ads for people that didn't have websites or when they had the website, the website was terrible. And so the, the thing with that is that the really the, the, per, the place where customers go to make the decision, the final decision is your website. And so what I was doing was implementing branding strategies to make sure that there was a consistency, there was a look and aesthetic that was really complementary and consistent with the business that was marketing, right? And so by creating those packages, we were able to also grow the business um, and, and create that stability. And so I brought in the idea of let's offer these services for all of our franchises. Now, back then we were only three. We are 22 locations now. So since then it's been, it's transitioned a little because we started working only three uh, people in our high creative department. That was about seven months ago. We now have 20. Um, wow. That kind of growth <laughs> in seven months. Yeah. It's been crazy. Insane. Okay. We were handling about 40 web projects. We now are about 120 a month. Uh, do you get any sleep? <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, okay. So the digital arena is is alive and well, and it's going to be well, – what's going to be prosperous for a lot of people who, who get into it. Now, Tatiana, I've got to ask you, um, you graduated from – you got your master's. You went straight into business, per se – how old were you when you started your first business, if you don't mind? I'm not going to ask you how old you are now. How old were you when you first started uh, your business? I was 26. 26. Ah, jovencita. Okay. Young lady getting involved. Uh, how did it feel? I mean, were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you unsure? Um. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My my dad is an entrepreneur. My grandfather is an entrepreneur. Almost all my uncles are entrepreneurs. I've been involved in, um, you know, I've been speaking at board since maybe I'm like 18, 17. So I, it was just something where I've been kind of nurturing myself to feel comfortable with. So I've never felt like I go into a room and I don't feel like I belong. And if I do, I make, I make a, a place for me, right? I think it's a, it's part of the process. So obviously owning your own business is scary. It was something it's been very you know, stressful at times. One of the things that I that has been the biggest kind of like culture chuck shock has been that I come from families that are entrepreneurs, but I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't I had no idea what that really meant, you know, mm -hmm. on the day to day, on the feeling of managing a lot of employees. Um, I do now. And I definitely didn't think it was going to be what it was, but I, I also love it. So I kind of felt like I found what I love doing. So you were naive when you started. It was a lot more than you expected. But then once you learned it, you go, okay, I can handle this. Yeah. And I think the part of the, of being so naive about it was that since I saw it happening, right. I was like, oh, I've seen that. This is, I can do it. You can do it. I like what you said. If you, if you, if you felt like you didn't belong, you just kind of created your own space to make sure you belonged. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a different way of doing it. <laughs> Tatiana, 
what advice would you give to to some young person? Now, well, they don't have to be young to anybody out there who would like to venture off and start their own business. So one of the things that I like to do is plan, right? And I and I I do have this saying that you plan and got laughs, and I believe that. Um, but yes, I he does, yeah. <laughs> but I plan for to keep myself sane. Because I know that I'm accomplishing certain things. So when you plan, you need to make yourself also be flexible for when that change needs to happen. Um, Being an entrepreneur and a creative person, I have all of these business ideas happening constantly. So my biggest advice would be to focus on one and go 100% in one. And what, what I mean with that is before I started this business, I also had a startup that I was pitching uh, when I was doing my master's. We were doing an app and I was pitching in front of really big um, investors and, you know, one of them being the founder of Teladoc. And it was interesting. It was a super interesting journey, but I realized that it wasn't what I needed to focus on. And so I decided to pivot and I do not like not giving my 100%. So for me, making that decision was really hard. And so just make sure that you sit down and you plan and you give yourself goals that if you don't reach, you know when you need to pivot. Okay. Now, not to contradict you, but I also done a little research on you. So you have height digital, you have height creative, and then you and your husband have a side hustle where you sell real estate. So (laughs) if you're doing all this, how can you focus in 100% on one? I love that you mentioned that. I think that the they're all tied together, right? So high creative and high digital are the same services and products within the same fulfillment company. I'm not creating two different companies that okay. fulfill different services, right? Um, I am working internally to grow our company high corporate, right? So they, they complement one another. They are tied to each other. Um, so in that sense, when I meet with my team at high creative, These are team members that are in the same offices as High Digital, right? Um, In the real estate side, my husband's the one that does that more on the, you know, when he's on his days off. That's really his passion. What I have done in the real estate has been more of public speaking uh, to bring awareness on strategies in digital marketing that can help you uh, receive better leads, for example, for buyers or sellers. Okay. I thought you were going to tell me that you're in real estate because that's going to be future locations of of height uh, franchises around the country. But okay, so it all ties in together. Yep. And your husband has to do something when you're not home. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he works for Amazon. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this has been very interesting. And, and congratulations not only on your uh, business success, but I, kudos. One so young, uh, new to the country, definitely living the American dream. Uh, what I'm going to do on this podcast uh, notes, Tatiana, I'm going to list your your company, your your website, some information how people can reach out to you and get a hold of you. But do you have any advice out there, um, not for people wanting to get in business, but people that are in business already, as far as digital marketing and advertising? Do you strongly suggest that? I mean, I'm sure you're biased and would, but what do they need to watch out for, and what should they look for in the future when making that decision to get more involved in digital marketing? Yeah, I would say that my biggest um, advice would be to make sure that when you're working with the digital agency, that they're focusing on the leads that they're bringing and the quality of leads. The conversation, first of all, they should be meeting with you at a minimum once a month, at a minimum. 
the conversation around those um, those calls should be if your sales are increasing, if the customers that they're bringing you are actually buying your product. Traditionally, because it wasn't something that we could track, marketing agencies would focus on engagement. Hey, 300,000 people saw your ad. How does that relate to sales? That's the real question. That's where the conversation should be. Okay. Good advice. Well, folks, we've had uh, Tatiana here, the uh, Advertising Federation of Dallas Young Professional of the Year for 2021, a uh, owner partner in Hype Digital, a co-founder uh, and owner of Hype Creative, and <clears throat> also in real estate and helps her husband stay out of trouble and make sure he runs a real estate company right. <laughs> and are you a mom as well? I am. Yeah, oh we my, have two children. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Mija, do you ever get it? Well, you say you sleep. So, but <laughs> hey, congratulations on your success. Uh, congratulations and, and keep going. And I'm very, very confident that you will succeed, not only looking at your background, but having this opportunity to talk to you uh, on this podcast. I hear your enthusiasm. You have you have a passion for what you do. And I have no doubt that you'll be successful and definitely an example of the American dream. Tatiana, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Folks, you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. My name is J.R. Gonzalez. If you like what you hear, give us a like, follow us. You can also go to our website, which I may be handing over to Tatiana to get some more <laughs> views on it. And that's going to be latinobusinessreport.com. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.